Hot topics and interviews. And that's just how we do it. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Man. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Entertainment Podcast. Next interview podcast. Today, I have Richard on the podcast talking about call centers, interpersonal communication, conflict management, Phonetic micro expressions, reading for mastering verbal signs, the famous bo- uh, buffer boomerang technique. Nice to meet you, Richard. Chris, thank you so much for having me as your guest today on the Entertainment Man podcast. I'm very excited to share ideas with you and your amazing audience today. All right. Uh, just to get started, please tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Richard Blank. I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's Call Center. I'm originally from Northeast Philadelphia. When I graduated Abington in 91, I decided to double down on Spanish and was a Spanish communication major at the University of Arizona. At 27 years old, I moved abroad to Central America, Costa Rica to work at my friend's call center. Was there for many years, learned the business, and in my mid-30s, I threw my hat in the ring, started my company. We're almost celebrating our 15th year, sitting on a very large 300-seat building and pretty much living a luxury trade here in paradise. Awesome. Congrats on almost 15 years. That's incredible. That's well, thank great. you. I'm just, I'm at almost eight years. So you got me beaten by at least, I don't know, eight years, almost. Not eight years, seven years. You got me beaten on that. That's amazing. That's a, that, well, that shows, like, what's that? 10% of businesses make it a year. 1% of businesses make it 10 years. So the fact that you're on your eighth year, it really shows endurance. It I'm does. Very impressed as well. Yeah, and uh, you know that shows that you're very successful too. In a way, that's the way. Like it shows you you're a very successful person. You know you're very successful in your business, and the be to uh, be around like eight, eight, eight years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, even. It's it's really impressive. A lot of it has to do with the people around you. If nobody puts wind in your sails, you're not going to move forward. So obviously you and I treat the people with whom work with us mm-hmm. very well. And yeah. they decided to continue working in this organization to help it grow. And those are the sort of things that are very important for me to delegate and define areas in which to promote individuals. Exactly. Can you talk about interpersonal conflict strategy and what it is? Of course. Well, naturally, there's interpersonal communication. And I believe today that most people are doing things through chat and email. So there could be a lot of miscommunication. Mm -hmm. If you have the luxury to speak with somebody face to face, it's very important, once again, to show empathy, active listening. And your vocabulary should be very much strategic and diplomatic because you don't want to offend anybody. In my opinion, if you have the luxury of time, and someone says something that may be emotional or, or it's a very large decision, you should take the ability to sleep on it, to walk around the block. And so from a level-headed position, you'd be able to give a much better uh, delivery and message and possibly have even a stronger relationship with that individual because it's all about impulse control mm-hmm. and about maturity. And you don't always need to force a fit or to make your point. Sometimes you should fall on smaller swords and take that sort of um, energy to you to be able to move certain conversations forward if it's 
it's something that's not a deal breaker or not that necessary. Because as I'm mentioning today, a lot of people have been isolated or they're not mm -hmm. used to face-to-face -to -face communication. So it's just an excellent way to ease them back into the sort of uh, situations. Exactly. I totally agree. What are the five styles of interpersonal conflict management? Well, there's so many different styles of the conflict management. And in my opinion, what the first thing that you should be doing is, once again, active listening, mm -hmm. because listening twice, speaking once, I'm able to understand every position that you have. And through prioritizing the inductive reasoning, mm -hmm. we can choose certain areas of focus for your attention. And also, I believe in taking meeting minutes, because after a conversation, if I take everything down, there's no confusion. We can delegate responsibilities, put in target dates. And if by chance you are communicating with that individual again, there is no miscommunication because there were certain agreed upon terms that are there. Mm -hmm. And also when you're speaking with someone, learn certain protocols and boundaries. Someone might have a time restriction. There might be a certain way they prefer to communicate prior to certain stages. And if there's other people involved in this decision-making process or even uh, involved in a certain relationship, those individuals should be taken into consideration and involved. Mm -hmm. But I think the most important thing, once again, is to use a thesaurus so you could find similes and certain vocabulary words that might be able to capture the moment better, reduce any sort of tones that could be negative, mm -hmm. and just find more pleasing words to encourage somebody to open up and communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I totally agree. Are there any steps to resolving interpersonal conflict? Well, you should always put yourself in somebody else's shoes. There could be something that may be happening outside of the office or outside of a relationship that you have with someone that could be affecting it at the moment. And so without prying, we should find certain ways to get that individual to reset themselves and find their balance to be able to communicate at a amicable level. So there's no yelling, cursing, screaming, or finger pointing. But for me as a CEO of a company, I have leverage. I could hire or fire somebody. Mm -hmm. But since I was in their shoes for many years working at a call center in a cubicle, I'm capable of understanding where they're coming from in regards to their work duties. And so for me, I have a gamification culture here. I very much believe in pinball machines and Pac-Man machines. And so I've created a neutral environment for somebody to let off steam, recharge their batteries, hang out with me, or, or just find a place to where they can feel comfortable. It's recess was important in school. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's important to have a work-life balance, especially if people are spending so many hours in an environment. Exactly. I, to I totally agree with you. It's... Sometimes you just need to let off steam and, you know, I just, sometimes I'll just say, okay, I'm just going to turn off my screens. I'm going to go upstairs for a little bit, grab a glass of water, go for a walk, you know, talk to my parents for a few minutes because I'm still with my parents. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, just even just walking away for a little bit even works too, you know, just take a breather, breathe. And I was doing that earlier, uh, but, uh, you know. Sometimes you just need to step away for a moment and just kind of re kind of rethink your just kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Re uh, just kind of you know just calm down and kind of you know get yourself your yourself back in the headspace, right? Of course, and nothing should ever be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And the best relationships are made when people leave things on the table and they share. 
And not saying that you agree with somebody, but you understand their position can also be a win. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, if you sleep on something and come back the next day level-headed, mm -hmm. there could be a chance you wrote something the night before, reviewed it the next day, and decided not to use it, or you were going to say something at the moment that you knew would have totally overextended yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're happy that you didn't. And it's really about impulse control. And if someone is speaking with you, the best thing to do is to take very deep breaths, mm -hmm. prioritize, really think about the person that is sitting in front of you or that's on the phone with you. And maybe just judge them on the 99 times that they did something, not the one time where they may be out of character or just having a moment. Yeah. And if you can do that, then I think you'd be a much more effective communicator. Exactly. And I've done that with my co-hosts for the collaboration podcast. Like I've done that where I was like, okay, I'm not going to get both done right away. So I'm just going to tell them, I said, okay, Larry, I'm, we're only going to do the one next week. And then we'll just reschedule and we'll do it another day that when you're back from holidays. So, you know, it also problem solving does help too. communication, problem solving, you know, uh, communicating with the other person. It, it all helps. And I like when people just throw things on the wall and see what sticks. Like yeah. I know you're mentioning doing something this week and we'll wait for the next step next week. But if somebody is motivated, has momentum, has a vision, there's nothing wrong with putting a certain draft down mm -hmm. just to share ideas and to cut the fat and focus on the meat and maybe split the piles to make them a little bit smaller so they're more mm -hmm. manageable. And, you know, a creative process comes in many, many shapes and sizes. Yeah. That's why when you look at Paul McCartney and John Lennon, it's amazing their writing and music styles. And sometimes the best relationships are when people are polar opposite. Yeah. So there is no competition. So there are no egos involved. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm always the person that likes to speak last because I love hearing other ideas first. I could always make the final decision, I'm the boss. But it's amazing to me some of the creativity mm -hmm. and the ways that some of the agents and supervisors can expand their minds and see things that I might have never seen before. And mm -hmm. these are the individuals that would feel comfortable contributing instead of just absorbing the, the norm. It's amazing when you see people shed a skin or crack a code or get to another level. and so. You, my friend, being in the position that you're in, you have the leverage to allow people mm -hmm. to express themselves on the teams that you work with and to put an idea out there. Mm -hmm. and even if it's the strangest idea you've ever heard, mm -hmm. the fact that this individual is confident enough to share it is more than enough. Yeah. And in fact, even if they're like if someone's really open to, you know, new ideas and, you know, people kind of like, OK, you know what? That idea might actually work better. You know, and we're going and we'll figure it out. We'll resolve the problem. For example, actually, I split up my collab notes into two, oops, uh, two different uh, piles. So I have like the first half and then I have the second half. So I'm kind of splitting the load up too. I'm kind of splitting the work up. So it, it, even splitting your load, like you say, okay, I'm going to get this much done today. And then I'm going to get that much done tomorrow, you know? It's prioritizing, it helps a lot too. I love asking how questions, not why questions. Yes. I'm more than willing to learn just how can I carry seven bags? Okay, how am I going to open the door? Excellent. And what can I do 
to mm -hmm. succeed in this. So it's not like I'm being a naysayer yeah. or turning it down. I'm asking specific strategic and structural questions to make sure I don't drop my groceries, can get into the house and put it in the fridge on, on one trip. And so a lot of the times, something that might seem familiar to you, I'm a novice at it. Mm -hmm. So I might need for you to lift the hood, raise the curtain and open the kitchen door and show me how it's made. And then from there with those sort of simple instructions, it makes much more sense to me. These, these are clarification questions yeah. that I like to ask people for my own edification. It shouldn't offend them because I'm showing active interest and I'm trying to learn your steps in a certain way. So it, it's a wonderful way to reduce, as you were mentioning, this sort of conflicts that people have and to be able to sort of manage something that you might not understand or someone might become offended if you just say why. Mm -hmm. And so those are the sort of soft skills that you could use to be able to have that. Exactly. I totally agree. Now, is there any steps that actually work that we you mentioned about resolving interpersonal conflict? Well, sure. I mean, once again, it's just by showing empathy and giving somebody time. But using mine as an example, running a call center and doing mm -hmm. telemarketing calls, yeah. I think that when you call into a company, you should respect their protocol, do a little bit of due diligence prior to the call in case you need to leave a voicemail, send an email mm -hmm. so you know of an anniversary or a company culture. And if there's an individual that assists you in getting to the decision maker or just once again, gave you information to allow you to communicate with that company, that's a positive escalation, that should be mentioned. Yeah. So you're just using a lot of good faith, common sense sort of skills that aren't compromising ethics, values, and morals, and I'm not lying, by complimenting an individual like Alexander that works at your company. Yeah. That has been extremely helpful in getting me on your podcast today. And so these are the sort of things that will give you mileage, that shows good faith, Prior to a contract, you see how I work with the individuals that are in mm -hmm. your organization. And so this will separate you from other people. Like if you're at a cocktail party and you're introduced to somebody, a lot of the times you're going to be discussing on how nice Chris is because we have you in common. And so it's the mm -hmm. same sort of concept where you're giving the gift of your network and the people mm -hmm. that are surrounding you. And, and that to me is natural speech. And then when you get the pass to pitch, then you can start sharing what you have to offer and to see if you can get a certain time or financial commitment from them. Yeah, I totally agree on that too as well. Uh, do you recommend a mediator to help interpersonal conflict? For I guess certain re certain situations, maybe you would need like a, a mediator. If it's if both sides don't seem to agree on something, would you like recommend a mediator? What an intelligent question that you just brought up. Mm -hmm. Let's look at it legally. Sure, if it's something that has to do with the labor laws, I would like my attorney involved if it gets escalated and there's mm -hmm. a miscommunication. You need to protect yourself as an agent and as a company. And also human resources department. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that would be able to assist me as well if it gets elevated. A supervisor could be there as an intermedio, as an as a intermediary, to mm -hmm. assist me in regards to hierarchy and the relationships that we have with the agent. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even on a one-to-one -one basis down in the arcade and playing pinball together just by chatting during break. 
it could reduce some sort of tension. Mm -hmm. But I have to make sure that I follow the labor laws and that any sort of advice that I give, direction or agreement, has to be done legally. Mm -hmm. That's there too. And also we're looking at our reputations because I need to follow certain procedures and I just don't want to create an environment of bad habits or yeah. people seeing that I'm willing to compromise my ethics to do something under the table or to give this one person a special uh, instance when other people would then want that. So um, it's very delicate. You, you really almost have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I look at is the legalities behind it. And if it's not breaking any laws, then I think we can handle it the old school way. Yeah. I totally agree. What inspired you to start a call center? Well, when I came here and I worked at my friend's center, I didn't start off at sea level. I was with the people and I got to see these amazingly intelligent bilingual agents conversing on the call, converting these calls and getting positive escalations and really seeing the art of speech. And I saw areas, Chris, in mm -hmm. which I could enhance the experience for the agent and for the client. And in my mid-30s, I had the resources, maturity, and impulse control to throw my hat in the ring. I don't suggest anybody just to jump into any sort of industry. Naturally, I was doing sales and promotions and public relations in Spanish prior to moving to Costa Rica. So I was very much prepared for this. And working at my friend's call center, I really learned the industry from the inside and out. And there's also earnings potential. I know what I'm worth. And it's very easy to add a couple more zeros to your paycheck. And this call center industry is exceptionally lucrative. If you can start a business, maintain this business, feed families, and scale, there's no reason why you can't have a very successful career. And I saw it. But I saw the easy part of it. I, I'm not an IT expert, so I needed the server room and the specialist department. I needed to hire attorneys and accountants. My specialty is training, mm -hmm. motivation, script writing. So it allowed me to have a luxury trade and to continue to enjoy the art of speech with my agents here. Okay, awesome. What are some of the struggles that you have uh, you've had, and how did you fix those issues? The main struggle I have, Chris, is attrition. The call center industry has an interesting reputation. You've seen things in movies in regards to the Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, Glenn mm -hmm. Gary, Glenn Ross, the prime gig. It's, you know, certain telemarketers have a reputation. But here in Costa Rica, because we're very competitive, we have companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, Oracle, the large call centers, Sykes, Teleperformance, Convergence, Concentrics. We compete. Mm -hmm. And so there's a natural attrition. People will leave me for a scheduling conflict for the university. A best friend or a boyfriend or girlfriend could be working there. They could be closer to home in regards to travel or possibly even making more money. But very rarely, if not never, somebody will say from a natural, from a forced attrition, excuse me, mm -hmm. that I gave them the walk of shame, that I defaced them, I made them cry, I insulted them. Uh, there are employees with sour grapes, but anybody that knows me realizes I am an individual that motivates. I look to put wind in your sails and delegate so I can promote mm -hmm. you. So my challenge is the labor pool today that does not give a two weeks notice. They can get hired mm -hmm. the following day at Amazon. So a lot of times I'll get just get a piece out and someone will not let me know. So 
I have a responsibility to my clients to fill that seat. There's mm -hmm. no surprises. I always have a solution. But I would expect more from somebody. I, I get more disappointed than mm -hmm. I do angry individuals that have been with me for a period of time, have a wonderful relationship with me, but then all of a sudden pull a space ghost and disappear. Yeah. So those are one of the challenges mm -hmm. that I have running a call center. But you know, that's what I signed off for. That's the price mm -hmm. that you pay when you are a CEO of a call center. Yeah. Or any business in general too, right? Like you, you know, it, it's going to happen. Like there, you're going to have people, you know, leave and then new people come in. It's going to happen. It's part of, it's part of the job too, right? You just got to. There are ways to reduce it. Yep. Make sure someone has all of their resources. They're paid on time. They're given their dignity. Motivate they them. They don't feel expendable. I can't make it a hundred percent. No attrition. It's, it's not even re realize this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be job hopping. Yeah. This is a multi-generational culture here. So there mm -hmm. is a chance that these individuals have to take off of work to take care of their parents or yeah. grandparents. So once again, we are taking those outside factors into consideration, Chris. Exactly. I, I agree with that too. You got to put your, sometimes you got to put yourself in their shoes too. And, uh, you know, just commu again, communication is key. You just, they got to, uh, they got to communi communicate with you and they're going to, you're going to communicate with them. So it's, it's a My two brother, there is a professional responsibility is I'm going to give you your job stability. You kind of have to let me know. Yeah. My client depends on us. So yeah, that's the only thing I would be asking for that sort of consideration. I agree. What does your call center offer? We offer all types of services, Chris. I can mm -hmm. do outbound lead generation appointment setting and sales. I do inbound customer service and non-voice support. And our agents here are college educated, bilingual, and they have some amazing skill sets to be able to not only compete internationally, but I've seen certain areas in which we've excelled given certain metrics. Mm -hmm. Costa Ricans are once again, they we have a 95% literacy rate here. There's no standing army in our democratic Central American country. And so education is very big. So the agents mm -hmm. that come in here, I almost prefer having somebody with no call center experience because I can easily teach them a CRM and a phone system, but they don't have bad habits. I can mold them in regards to their speaking skills. So they're getting a return on investment on their education. When you speak a second language, there is a stimulation there. So they're not, mm -hmm. they don't feel it's monotonous or boring compared to Canada and the United States that might look at telemarketing and call center jobs as transitional or something they just don't see doing long term in fact call centers here chris pay more mm -hmm. than most locations so oh. i have people here with engineering and law degrees that work at call centers because they can earn more than a doctor sometimes if they're talented and if you're skilled on the phone and you hone that craft your earnings potential could be limitless okay awesome i didn't never knew that so now I'm learning something new today. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning some new. I oh, every interview I've done, I've learned something new, which is amazing. You know, you're never too old to learn something. You know, not at all. There's nothing no. wrong with shedding your skin and and cracking codes and getting to new stages of life. I I think it's very important. It is. What are the benefits of people speaking English and Spanish in the world of business? I think it's a great way to show a first impression for somebody. Before they even know you, they see structure, discipline, and certain cognitive skills. Mm -hmm. For me, just in my own business, it's made my transition to Costa Rica that much easier and allows me to, once again, converse in somebody else's language, read a contract, 
Or as I say, just be able to choose to build rapport by speaking this other language. And it opens so many doors. It keeps an open mind. Knowing that I'm a guest in this country has enabled me to learn another culture and their values. And if people come to another country or try to do business and not learn the language, they might have an interpreter that might misinterpret what they're saying. Yeah. Or once again, if you are really trying to close a deal in business, it's better off to be in your own words. And even if you make a mistake or two, if it's not your native tongue, I understand that people could judge you for that. Mm -hmm. But then again, they've gone through the ranks of learning a language. And so many times people have made a vocabulary word suggestion, or if I was rushing mm -hmm. to fix my subjunctive tense. But the way that is done it is in a certain way of a motivation and a reinforcement that it only made my relationship with that individual better because they see that I'm not perfect and there's a little bit of a mark on my armor. Mm -hmm. I've never had a time where someone has laughed at my Spanish, even in the early years. And it's been so effective for me that I've been invited to people's homes for dinner. I've been introduced mm -hmm. around and I've been told that my Spanish is something that mm -hmm. was impressive for them compared to a lot of the um, foreigners that have visited that haven't taken the time especially after living in a country mm -hmm. for a certain period of time, not yeah. to make those certain efforts. Mm -hmm. And so we spoke earlier that if you want to keep your head when you get older, it's either crossword puzzles or second languages. Mm -hmm. And it keeps you sharp. It keeps you loose. But in the United States, Spanish really isn't more of a niche market. It's going to be growing and it could potentially be the most spoken language within a decade. And so if you want to be competitive, but for me, Spanish, compared to, let's say, Chinese, where I had to go to a certain sort of area of town or store or a certain community, mm -hmm. I was in Tucson, Arizona, besides learning it in the classroom, I could walk outside the classroom and all the world's a stage. I could be speaking Spanish everywhere. So it mm -hmm. allowed me to do additional dedicated practice, realistically, compared to finding something or forcing a moment to study that second language. So it was much easier for me for for onboarding that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always good to, uh, you know, have a second language. I guess for us up here, it would be French, the Quebec French. Uh, but uh, I've actually started picking up, like, French. I've actually learned a few words in Spanish. You know, it's good just to learn. Nice. So uh, I know the, like, the Hola, Como Esta, uh, uh, I know that in, in Spanish, but... Uh, it's and remember, not, muchas gracias. You always yes, got to say thank you. Yes, exactly. But uh, it comes in handy, though, to have a second language or even a third language. Uh, my family, my brothers learned German, too. Like, it's always good to learn the, the second or third language is what I'm trying to say. What? Yeah, it kind of made me feel like James Bond down here. You know, I could zig and zag. And yeah. a lot of the time, strategically, I would reserve the fact that I spoke Spanish initially mm. just to see if people were authentic yeah. and how they spoke about me. And so I kind of use that to my advantage as well. Yeah. What are the business procedures do you use in Costa Rica for clients in America? Well, we've got to make sure that they understand our labor laws. My company is inscribed in the United States, so we do follow all U.S. business and banking laws there. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure there's no surprises. They got to be very specific on the campaign they have. We need to measure it. I got to agree upon 
what we're about to do. It has to be very realistic and time frame oriented. And it's okay to scale a company that already has a plug and play. I work with people that are just startups and they don't even have people yet. I make suggestions in regards to script writing and tone, the size of the list, where we call the list, the coaching mm -hmm. that we do, the onboarding process. Yeah. A lot of the times I like when companies have things that are ready to go and I can listen to a recording of a top producer or they have the training manual set. But then I guess I put myself in the shoes of the entrepreneur that's just starting their business. And for me, I guess I have more passion towards that because I was there in those shoes. Mm -hmm. And it's very good for me to give all of my resources and infrastructure for somebody so they can plant that seed and start to grow. And our campaigns range in all shapes and sizes. But the most important thing is that when I work with my client, once again, there's no surprises. As long as good, bad, or ugly, we can communicate mm. and find ways to meet in the middle and move forward. I'm more than willing to work with somebody. But I, I've seen certain company cultures in the United States that mm -hmm. I don't think would have been a good fit here, where politely I reject the account. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't need a, a supervisor in the States cursing at the agents to motivate them. I, I understand mm -hmm. it might work in Manhattan, New York, or somewhere else, but it might offend somebody here. In yeah. addition to that, I, I got to make sure that they're being forthright with us. If if you could only make X amount of calls per hour, please don't reverse psychology me and tell me I can do double because I've been in this industry long enough. I know my metrics. I know mm -hmm. predictive dialers. I know wrap up time. And so sometimes I might ask somebody to clarify that for me and how I would be able to do that when I break down a phone call for them. And it's it's not trying to call them out on the spot. I, I just want to make sure that when we start, we start strong. Yeah. So the agents that come in here don't look at it a, a little skew and say, hey, we don't have all the pieces together. We, mm -hmm. we really need to make sure that things are tried and tested prior to bringing any sort of agents on the campaign. That's true. And uh, so is there any reluctance among call center representatives to make the phone calls? I think it's just their own personal fear. It's a morbid anticipation of something that hasn't happened yet. How about this? Mm -hmm. Agents have a choice. Maybe they're reluctant to make calls in an industry like a sports book, casino, stock pharmacy, or sweepstake, where ethically they don't feel comfortable with it. I have nothing against it. I just don't choose to do those campaigns. And so when you hear a problem properly representing that company in the best light. Now, there's also other soft skills people can use when making calls. I believe it's attentive listening, being engaged, being, you know, upbeat. But most of all, using names for positive escalations and name drops and using pronouns. Uh, it's like a your and an R to keep attention. Mm -hmm. I like recapping and raking information to show active listening to see if there's areas of interest. Mm -hmm. Maybe using the military alphabet with somebody. So instead of just assuming how I spell your name, do the military alphabet. People will respect that. And then emails don't bounce back. Yeah. And follow through on what you said you would do if you're going to send an email before the end of a business day. Mm -hmm. If you're going to call back and leave a voicemail at a certain time then follow through on things like that. Yep. Build a solid pipeline, mm -hmm. work your list. And if you do so, then you'll get referrals, you'll get upsells, and 
You might even get an exit interview. Somebody might even take the time to tell you areas in which, Chris, you and I can improve or what our competition did mm-hmm. in order to earn their business. And so if you're willing to throw your hat in the ring and be very brave and take on this sort of industry, which in my mind is a means to an end, A, you'll make a lot of money, B, you're going to be a leader, and C, you're going to do something that most people aren't capable of doing. Yeah. And to me, most people would rather speak to someone than have an email. So this is still a very effective way to communicate and do business these days. I, re- I agree. I totally agree. You want to make the... I guess you have to make... You want to make the uh, the best decisions too, as well in business. You want to make sure you know it's going to work, and you know what I mean, right? Well, my brother, you got to do things ethically. Yeah. And do you really want a one and a done? Mm-hmm. You just want you to come in one time, or do you want you to be at my pizza place once a week for the next ten years? And so, I, I look to to maintain. Mm-hmm long-term relationships with people for yes. my own reputation and how I treat them. It's it's not always about making a dollar. Sometimes you need to put in extra efforts to mm-hmm. show good faith yeah. or to reduce any sort of fears. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to work for free, but I don't mind sitting down and writing a script for somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't mind taking an extra 10 minutes or 20 minutes of my time to listen to a recording, to review something with you. And this is before even a contract. A, yeah. I love the industry. B, someone is contacting me. C, I can see they're sincere and authentic about improving their services. Mm-hmm. And when I can give them a taste of what I'm offering, there's a very good chance I'm going to earn those seats and grow with that individual compared to someone that's forcing a fit and pushing a pen for you to sign a contract that day. Mm-hmm. I do business a little bit differently. I, I don't need the business as much as I want it. Yeah, I don't need your 20 seats, Chris, in order for me to pay my lights and to keep my business going. So that sort mm-hmm. of advantage gives me the luxury to accept and refuse potential clients. Yeah. What are the pros and cons of a call center when your employees work remotely during this pandemic? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Well, the cons would be because I have a brick and mortar place. Mm-hmm. They might... Here at the call center, we have internet redundancy. I have a backup diesel generator and immediate IT support. Mm -hmm. Those are three things that could be an issue for somebody working from home. Also, this is a very social environment. We believe in synergy. You can feed off. It's like going to the gym. I mean, look at your big muscles there. We would definitely be pushing each other to put up more reps on the flat bench. And so when somebody is working out at home, they could still do it. But there is a big difference between sitting next to someone and fitting off of that energy, breaking mm-hmm. bread with them, hanging out with them, the sort of live coaching that we do. I myself, I guess I'm selfish. I loved walking the roads and seeing people in live action. Now, with the other thing is the benefits that they have, they're saving money, they're saving time, spending more time at home. But there is an mm-hmm. isolation factor there. I was very fortunate in my industry to be able mm-hmm. to be flexible and to send people home because the pizza parlors got shut down. The bars Mm. and the restaurants got shut down. Nothing you could do about Mm. that. But my industry through technology was capable Mm. of surviving COVID. So I'm very grateful for that, but things have changed, Chris. Mm -hmm. In fact, as we're hiring these days, some of the more qualified agents and the ones that really have leverage, they demand Mm. work from home. Mm-hmm. The only thing I ask for is at least come in for one week. Yeah. So I can break bread with you. I can sit with you before giving you a computer and telling you to go home. So at least we have some sort of 
company culture together than just having a virtual agent that I've never met before. Yeah, exactly. I think we're doing that a lot of that uh, here in Ontario uh, during this whole thing. We, there's a lot of people don't really, they, a lot of people have not worked, worked at home mostly. My sister-in-law, for example, you know, she worked from home, but, uh, but you know, they expected her at least to come in once a week too. So you know you gotta you gotta make sure you still go in at least once a week. But now I think everything's gone back to normal. Uh, everything is kind of started to go back to normal, and people have gone back to work. And but uh, it it was it things have changed things changed uh, in the working world, uh, especially uh, during this pandemic. Yes, they have. In fact, it was kind of scary here. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But besides following the labor laws, I myself personally doubled down on my own health, mm -hmm. wanted to keep a positive mindset, Yeah. give myself enough me time, Chris, mm -hmm. so I could walk away from this and put my phone away to hit the gym, wash the convertible, play some pinball so mm -hmm. I can decompress, start allowing my mind to wander. Yeah. And usually I, I think of my best decisions mm -hmm. during those periods of time. And so COVID allowed me that sort of luxury to do that. Yeah. What are the qualifications? Uh, what's the what qualifications must the new call center employees have in order to work for you? At my call center here, the number one thing is English level. They need to have at least an 85 percent English level. I can gauge that many different ways. I can work on your grammar, I can work on your vocabulary, I can even work on your accent by writing words out phonetically. I just gotta make sure someone's coachable mm -hmm. and that they have the endurance to handle this sort of controlled environment for 160 hours a month of making and receiving calls and typing. You need to build up to it. Mm -hmm. But it is something that you do feel a reward, you feel satisfied. As I mentioned before, you can make a lot of money doing this. I will hire people with experience, I'll hire people with no experience. And I even prefer, as I told you earlier, mm -hmm. molding, a squire, mm -hmm. a page, someone that can learn to be a knight. That's fun mm -hmm. for me, because I get to see people breaking levels quickly. But I have seen individuals come into this center that are such incredible artists of speech, and they really enjoy their craft, and they're constantly expanding on their vocabulary mm -hmm. or even watching the BBC to learn mm -hmm. Oxford and Queen's English just to mm -hmm. be able to cert get certain phrases and expressions and um, that gives me that sort of excitement to see that people are investing in their future that way but no this call center it, it's such a big industry you're really taking what you can get it's almost like a cattle call mm -hmm. and since Amazon and all these other centers are snatching up thousands upon thousands of agents were just looking for ways to bring in new people. Mm -hmm. And for me, once again, I, I prefer molding. And it's very easy for me to scale a brand new team. And as long as my clients are willing to work with me that way, then we can have these <laughs> rock stars in a very short period of time. That's very true. Uh, can you talk about phonetic micro-expression reading for mastering verbal tell signs? What is it, and can you talk more about it? Absolutely. Now, micro-expression readings can be done when you're just looking at somebody. People talk about body language, where they put their hands, their face, their eyes. Uh, on the phone, you are eliminating three of your sentences, your taste, touch, and smell. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And the scientists say that your hearing should be expanded. I also believe in metaphysics. There is imagination there. You have image streaming. So through descriptions and adjectives, you can still use that stimuli on the phone. But let's just revert back to phonetic microexpression reading. I think it's an excellent tell sign for somebody. When you're speaking with somebody on the phone, phonetics is broken down into four sections, your tone rate, pitch, and duration. Every conversation, in my opinion, has an introduction body conclusion and can be seen in a 30-second to two-minute interval for study. Your tone should be consistent, which should always be confident and empathetic. The mirror imaging technique should be done with the rate and the speaking level, the pitch. I need to match you because every 30 seconds to two minutes, if you're not consistent and there's a movement, there's a spike and a dip. Mm -hmm. I back that up with an answering speed because that cannot be controlled. That's more subconscious. And so seeing how fast and how loud you speak, combining that with an answering speed, that can give me an indication to ask your tie down question or a rebuttal or a confirmation question because there's an inconsistency there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, with a first person conversation with somebody, I will be able to learn your speaking style because there have been so many times you say you started a phone call angry, ended it well, started it well and ended it hanging up and cursing. Mm -hmm. So just like a boxing match, things can change. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm asking somebody to do is to be more observant in regards to somebody's phonetic style. I could care less on your semantics. Your word choice doesn't mean anything to me. And it really doesn't mean anything in regards to your tone. I could study this on the Chinese or the German station because I have no idea what you're saying, but I can mm -hmm. definitely study your speed and how loud you're going. And once I see an inconsistent, and that's what I need to interject and make sure that we are on the same page. And though that's a very simple tell sign soft skill for somebody to use when interacting with somebody for the first time and trying mm -hmm. to set an appointment, make a sale, or at least just try to build some sort of rapport with somebody. Mm -hmm. Because there is a sort of give and take, but I'd rather have you give and me take. Okay. Can you talk about the famous buffer boomerang technique and what is it? Oh, buffer boomerang technique is wonderful. It's when somebody asks you a question in a negative tone. Mm -hmm. For an example, you could be calling a company and they could say, what is your name? And you could say, Chris, that's an excellent question. My name is Richard Blank. What I'm doing is I'm capturing your negative energy and I'm going to buffer it. I'm going to name drop you. I'm going to half moon it and boomerang it around by saying that's an excellent question. I'm going to repeat your question to show active listening and I'm going to answer it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. You can do that with what services do you offer? What is your name? Why are you calling today? Just make sure you buffer the negative energy, mm -hmm. name drop it. I'm glad you brought that up. That's an excellent question. So glad we're speaking about that. Repeating the question, sending it back. And that can be done two to 10 times on a phone call. Don't say that's an excellent question every single time. But once again, there's a way that you might be able to manipulate and to adjust the tone of a call mm -hmm. to show active listening. And if somebody asks you a question, you give an immediate answer. Almost sounds like you're in a principal's office in third grade getting yelled at. Yeah. You don't want to give somebody that sort of power over you. You, mm -hmm. need, to, you need to cushion the negative blow and bring right back at what they said to them with some special happy sauce on top. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, don't be surprised that they will not hang up on you, calm down, ask you your name a second time that you will tell them and then name drop you for the rest of the call. 
Those are the sort of anchoring techniques that we can do to control conflict and increase, as you were talking earlier, interpersonal mm. communication. Okay. I never heard of that technique before. Um, I got a picture, too, if you want to see it. Okay. It's the buffer uh, boomerang technique. Uh, it's upside down. <laughs> yeah, it's upside down. Sorry. How about that? That's better. All right. Your buffer boomerang technique. And they're going to see that on YouTube, too. So if you're on the YouTube side of things, you saw the actual picture of uh, the buffer boomerang technique. And how effective is this technique? I think it's extremely effective because it shows active listening. You're practicing a name drop and you are repeating what they said in an answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a wonderful technique and you don't need to answer in a certain way that's negative. Name drop for mm -hmm. attention, confirming what you asked me and sending it right back at you as a Richard positive. Mm -hmm. It 100% works. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to talk, to add that we didn't talk about today? Of course. I, I think if you decide to have a vision quest, mm -hmm. to have a spiritual life journey like I did to move to another country, you should go forward and try it, even die with your boots on, as they say. Mm -hmm. There might be some naysayers and great believers out there that may not understand your vision. And the greatest thing for you to do is just to make your case. And if you're passionate about something, that has good faith and good intentions, and in my case, feeding families mm -hmm. and fulfilling some of my needs for my own education and, and aspirations. That's what life is about. Mm -hmm. You need to take a bite out of life because if you're living life for somebody else, you'll never feel fulfilled and it'll be very difficult for you to really look at yourself in the mirror and have that sort of pride knowing that you've been true to yourself. <laughs> without trying to sound sappy or philosophical. Those are the sort of things that kept me going when I mm -hmm. felt like that there was a lot of pressure against me. And the moment that I let go and allowed my life to live in a Wu Wei sort of philosophy where there's no resistance, things became a lot easier and people gravitated towards me. And the best testament, just you know, professionally, is the fact, and I appreciate your compliment, mm -hmm. that I have been in business almost 15 years. I have well over 100 people here. I've promoted people, and I've walked and broken bread and laughed and cried. And the fact that individuals are willing to continue to work with me as I am with them, it's an incredible positive reinforcement of the fact that mm -hmm. I've made the right decisions starting at 18 years old on this journey that I've been So. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is what can make your life entertaining. So that makes me an entertainment man <laughs> because I've entertained myself mm -hmm. in regards to this beautiful life that we were given. And I was willing to go all the way, my friend. I wasn't going to yeah. quit 80%. I was going to nope. go 15 rounds. I was going to get the decision and hopefully in my favor. That's awesome. Is there a website or a social media that you would like to promote? And yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, First is I think your audience should grab a plane ticket and fly down and visit me in Costa Rica, especially when you're mentioning in your cold winters, why don't you come down here, my man, and uh, enjoy yourself. Or I should, if yeah. not, you can give me a call at 888-271-6750. Send me an email at CEO at Costa Rica's callcenter.com. And we have a very large Facebook fan page, about 98,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. And once this goes live, you're going to have tens of thousands of new fans. So your reputation here is going to proceed. Oh. 
I just actually reached 30 likes on my Facebook page. So it's a uh, big feat to get to 30, but I'm ready for more. I'm ready to grow. That's what... Well, we're going to bring a lot more for you, my friend. Awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for well, having me as your guest today. You and uh, Alexandra did an excellent job, and I like what you're doing. It's inspiring, mm -hmm. and you're going to have a lot more people reaching out to you, connecting with you, and adding wind in your sails. Oh, definitely. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, Richard. Um, it's good to have you on. It's good to, that I was able to squeeze you in there with all my busy schedule. Nice. And as always, you can like the Facebook fan page on Facebook, uh, Crispy on the Web on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Crispy on the Web. And I will see you guys next week for another interview podcast right here on the podcast. Until then, have a good one. And Oh, sorry. I will see talk to you guys on Thursday on the audio-only side for the bonus episode of the podcast. Then you'll see me for the... Uh... Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week again for a fresh round. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast.